0: Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM 560, The Answer.
1: Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. A lot to unpack with these sentencing memos that were filed end of last week, as well as Jim Comey's testimony on the Hill. Again, uh, Andy McCarthy does uh, some yeoman's work over the weekend on Fox. Andy McCarthy, former, again, chief assistant, uh, U.S. attorney in Manhattan, friend of the show, You can catch his musings at National Review. He uh, explains uh, the two tracks and how they're being treated, uh, both the campaign finance violation, potentially, Michael Cohen's hush money payments to Trump paramours, and then also the issue of Cohen perhaps uh, sending his statements for review by the White House, Trump advisors, maybe the president himself, before he presented it to Congress. So, again, the obstruction case, Trump and his advisors uh, knowingly prodding Cohen to lie under oath would be potentially other legal exposure. Uh, McCarthy talks about uh, sort of the nature of what we know about uh, the investigations both Southern District of New York as well as Mueller.
0: The campaign finance stuff is usually not handled as a felony prosecution. I think that's characteristic of a lot of what's going on in this investigation. So you have these FARA violations, the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which is typically not handled as a felony prosecution. In this investigation they are. You have basically everybody who tells a lie to an FBI agent has been, it seems, prosecuted for lying to the FBI. That's not typically how these investigations go. And
1: that sort of was Rand Paul's point on Meet the Press, too. And, and others have men, mentioned this, including Dershowitz. Uh, the difference between, say, the Trump investigation and the Clinton investigation, Bill Clinton, back in the day when he was impeached over so called process crimes, McCarthy
0: explains. The process crime here is different, I think, than other independent and counsel investigations of administrations. For example, with respect to the Clinton investigation back when Mm -hmm. in in the uh, Lewinsky scandal, the thing that the independent counsel was assigned to investigate and got permission to investigate was the obstruction that Clinton uh, Clinton was involved in and that Lewinsky was implicated in. Here what's happened is, is the investigation itself by special counsel Mueller has created these process crimes after he was assigned to it so it's not like he was assigned to you know go find uh this process crime and people lied about that he was assigned to basically see if there's a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin and the process of that investigation has created these other crimes
1: That is sort of an important distinction, I think, but uh, I'm no former attorney general of the United States, so.
0: No, you're not.
1: Good thing we have Alberto Gonzalez, because he is Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez, who now is uh, the dean of Belmont University School of Law in Nashville. The author of the book, True Faith and Allegiance, a Story of Service and Sacrifice in War and Peace. Attorney General Gonzalez, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it.
2: Good morning. Good to be with you again.
1: What about, uh, before we get into the particulars of uh, the documents uh, filed and made public on Friday, what about what uh, McCarthy said about the difference with respect to these process crimes? Process crimes are real crimes, but comparing and contrasting how we're coming upon those process crimes uh, with respect to Mueller's investigation as compared to Ken Starr's back in the day of Bill Clinton.
2: Well, I think everyone needs to understand that uh, prosecutors have a great deal of discretion. In terms of how they want to want to pursue uh, possible criminal wrongdoing, sometimes that, that discretion is uh, forced upon a prosecutor. Um, for for example, by virtue of limited resources, perhaps limited time, limited priorities, and so um, you, you know it, it's hard to second guess sometimes a decision by a prosecutor in terms of how to prosecute possible criminal wrongdoing. Without having a better understanding of all the facts um, in front of that prosecutor, I think it's fair to say, uh, or at least I can understand why some question the differences that we're seeing in connection with uh, possible investigation and possible future prosecution related to President Trump and those within his orbit, as opposed to uh, uh, Clinton and the email investigation. I certainly get that. Um, I, I, I have my own questions. What, but what I always remind myself is I don't have all the information. I, 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 you know, in a perfect world, prosecutors would, uh, would have the, the duty, if, uh, if not the expectation, that they would come forward at some point and give a full explanation as to why the difference in treatment. Uh, but I think that there may be legitimate law enforcement reasons that, that exist still today while, while, uh, as to why that's not possible. But my, my hope is that at some point we'll understand that. Uh, And what I have to do as a former attorney general of the United States is have confidence uh, in the men and women in the department uh, that they're making uh, sound law enforcement judgments. Uh, Now, I know that the people are not perfect, even within the Department of Justice, and that sometimes make mistakes. I also know that given the certainly most recent history with some of the FBI agents, that political considerations do come into this. So I'm not so naive as to think that. That uh, uh, that people let their own personal biases uh, affect their judgment in terms of how to investigate and prosecute these cases, but I still have great confidence in the men and women in the Department of Justice. And and uh, with respect to the charge uh, to Bob Mueller, you know it is true people are being indicted and investigated for crimes that appear to be well beyond Russia meddling. But uh, from my understanding of the charge, uh, Rod Rosenstein gave it to Mueller. They're within the purview of of that charge, and the the fact that Mueller is investigating these other aspects or these other crimes beyond Russian meddling has been litigated. I think in at least two federal courts, and the judges says the judges have federal court judges have said, yes, um, Mueller does have the charge does have the authority under the charge given by the Deputy Attorney General to go after. These additional crimes as well. All right. Well, say if, so, if Well, if,
0: if Trump directed Cohen to send hush money, does this violate the campaign campaign finance laws?
2: It may. Uh, you know, we um, we have to know about you know, what was the intent. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming this was not this was not money from the campaign. That this was money from Donald Trump. But but I, there are a lot of facts here that I don't know. And that have to be proven in court, but but possibly. Well, Cohen originally uh, said I, that he
0: put, you know, he took a second mortgage out on his house and paid them off with that. That's what he originally said.
2: Right. Well, well, uh, he. I think he has said a lot of things originally right. <laughs> yes. that have turned out to, I don't be, trust to be him. not to be yes. true. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, I, we don't yet have the full picture from my perspective, but I, I certainly understand why there is concern. I, I do believe that there's there's a real question as to whether or not a sitting president of the United States can be indicted, can be prosecuted while in office, but certainly he he can be after leaving office. And I think that uh, to the extent there's a possibility of, of, of investigation and prosecution of campaign finance violations, I think President Trump – uh, is it, it could be in some legal jeopardy here.
1: Are you uh, worried at all about um, uh, give me the man and I'll give you the crime uh, culture taking hold here in our politics?
2: Uh, I'd be worried if I thought that that was actually happen happening. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, uh, listen, I, I I hear this talk about perjury traps, uh, that uh, Mueller is setting up all these purgy traps. I don't have a problem with going after someone for lying to investigators while investigators try to find out whether or not there was collusion. There was some kind of cooperation between the Russian, between Russia and the Trump campaign. And if someone lies in connection with that effort by Mueller and his team, I think that person should be prosecuted. Now, having said that, if Bob Mueller has concluded that there was no Russian collusion or even if he has concluded that there was collusion, and yet continues to bring people forward to see if you can get them to lie and it's un really unrelated to the mission of the investigation that I do have a problem with, but as a fundamental matter, I think when you're talking to federal investigators, you have an obligation to tell the truth, and if you don't tell the truth, there ought to be consequences
1: sure, no question, but I mean you know it's just interesting to watch this play out, right so Flynn, uh, Comey makes a big thing about uh, this idea that Trump said, go easy on Flynn. And uh, 18 months after Flynn uh, has his short stint as the national security advisor, and at the time, FBI said, we don't think Flynn is lying, Uh, he pleads out to lying to federal investigators, and then it's Mueller saying to a federal judge, go easy on Flynn. You know, it's just uh, one of these things where it, it, it just doesn't sort of square right for me.
2: Well, you we have to remember that with respect to the initial statement or position that, uh, from the FBI that they thought Mo- that Flynn wasn't lying. Of course, they subsequently have a lot more information. And then later when Bob Mueller is saying, you know, go easy on Flynn, we now have the history of all this great cooperation, apparently. And so the circumstances are different when these statements are made. And I think people need to remember
1: that mm-hmm. um, with respect to information. You talk about, you know, we don't have all the information is President Trump uh, one of the reasons we don't have as much information as we could or should have. In other words, one of the points that McCarthy and others have made for months now is and particularly in reaction rather than tweeting about Comey being a liar in reaction to Comey's testimony last week that uh There was no FISA abuse, and that's just absurd. He just dismisses it out of hand. Why doesn't President Trump declassify the portions of the FISA applications that do not compromise national security, do not compromise the investigation? There are documents that President Trump could declassify and make public that would provide more information and more context to these discussions we're having.
2: Well, I don't know. Uh, again, there, there are two possible reasons. One, it could still be law enforcement sensitive. We are in the middle of some investigations and mm-hmm. typically you want to protect information that might in any way jeopardize the investigation and prosecution. And then secondly, as you mentioned, there may be legitimate and security reasons why um, you don't want to do that. And uh, so if you take those two reasons into account, uh, you may re- release documents, but, but they're going to be so heavily redacted to be uh, totally worthless to the american people
1: uh on the uh, matter of uh, hillary and uh, the email case there comey also said no serious person thinks there's a hillary email case well um, judicial watch does they've got a the litigation and a u.s district court judge royce labyrinth is allowing for fact finding into whether clinton's use of a private email server was a deliberate attempt to bypass uh, to uh, bypass foia so I mean, there are, uh, and by the way, also Trump's selection to replace uh, the interim at a, at Justice, uh, William Barr has previously said, there is a basis to have a Clinton email investigation. Um, w- you know, what about uh, William Barr coming into this role who has history with Bob Mueller and a, a, reportedly a pretty good working relationship and this whole other side of the House of what happened during the 2016 campaign Uh, with respect to the Obama administration, issues like unmasking, including Flynn, as well as Hillary's conduct generally during her tenure in government and as a candidate. If you're William Barr coming into this situation, do you push for a reopening of or uh, a more serious look at those issues?
2: You may, but we have to remember that there was a very extensive investigation by the inspector general. Let's not lose sight of that fact. And he and uh, he found that while he thought there were mistakes and judgment made, he doesn't believe the decisions made in connection with all, all of what you just mentioned were motivated by politics. So I think what Bill Barr is going to do is going to is going to have a very deep dive into that inspector general's report. Maybe have a discussion with the inspector general about some of the judgments or conclusions by the inspector general, uh, and then perhaps make his own decision, make his own uh, assessment. But again. He's going to have to, in essence, say, well, the inspector general did not go far enough, or I disagree with the inspector general. That's a pretty high hurdle for him to take on a very politically charged matter. And so um, if I had to bet, I would say probably not, but, but he very he well may. There may be things that he uncovers or uh, things known within the department that we don't know which will lead the new attorney general if confirmed. Uh, to perhaps reopen this thing and see what ha- what actually happened.
0: Do you think he will be confirmed?
2: I think I think that he will be confirmed. I think um, I do. I, I think uh, Bill enjoys a, a good reputation. Uh, he worked for a president uh, that well, what we just saw last week. I mean, I just uh, I think that people's views about George H.W. Bush uh, are so strong. I must say this, however, and I know this is sort of a tangent. I can't imagine anyone working for two more different bosses <laughs> yes. than working for George H.W. Bush and working for Donald Trump. And I think I, – I, I hope Bill – I know Bill knows what he's getting into, but my goodness, I think this is really going to be an interesting thing to watch.
1: Well, and, and again, too, um, just to point out uh, specifically, when he was attorney general last go-around, the chief of the Justice Department's Criminal Division was this uh, fellow named Bob Mueller. So, I mean, talk about history with Mueller.
2: Well, absolutely. And, you know, I, and I think that could be a good thing, uh, assuming they had a good relationship. And I, I don't know of any reason why they didn't have a good relationship. But I think that could be very, very helpful. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I have confidence that uh, that Barr is going to do what needs to be done to protect the department, which is, which is very important, but also to ensure that uh, the department does its job going and prosecuting wrongdoing and keeping politics out of this uh, and you know I, I I think that he'll respond to uh, uh, pressure from the White House in the same manner that someone like Rod Rosenstein and Jim Comey have, have done I, and I think that's appropriate I think there are limits to what the White House should be – the kind of pressure the White House should be putting on the Department of Justice with respect to investigations and prosecutions. Obviously, if you've got a rogue, rogue prosecutor, that, that can't happen. And obviously, if the Department is ignoring obvious criminal wrongdoing, you can't have that as well. But uh, at the end of the day, you've got to rely upon the discretion and judgment of the individuals of the Department of Justice in terms of doing their job on behalf of the American people.
1: He is former United States Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez, also former counselor to the president and dean of currently dean of Belmont University School of Law in scenic Nashville, Tennessee. A lot of Chicago expats there. The book, True Faith and Allegiance, a story of service and sacrifice in war and peace. Alberto Gonzalez, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: And he joined us on our turnkey.pro.